Some of the things we're going to get into tonight, some are on the upper side, some are on the downer side, including things I've just learned of that, um, and some other things I learned this afternoon that I had to do some digging into, I had heard nothing of it. Not that I'm on the front line of news breaking or anything like that, but happy Tuesday. We're going to try to get back on our normal schedule, sports club on Tuesday, strong style on Thursday. We're going to do what we can, try to do that. Um, we do have some, hopefully some fun things coming. I don't know if it'd be Facebook live, YouTube, something like that, but we'll, we'll have more information later this weekend about those kinds of things. Uh, just kind of keep your eyes peeled. We're going to hopefully do some really cool things. We are, uh, I got some things in the works. I, I hope you guys enjoy them. Uh, some, some things we come up with, but this is sports club. That makes me Jeremy, the impact York. That makes you my amazing listening audience that I am forever grateful for you guys what help makes it fun to do these uh to to cover sports to just dive in the way we do and for that we are forever grateful god we're gonna start on up or down let's start i just was down just saw that um let's start with the new jerseys and that's not New Jersey in general. Uh, but in the NFL, obviously we know Tampa, the Buccaneers have come up with their New Jersey concepts, their, their new threads that, that look pretty cool. I, I definitely got to give Tampa the nod on that one. Um, Atlanta has kind of had a uh, hot or cold reaction to the ones they have, including the one that fades from red to black. I didn't think they were that bad. I thought they looked kind of cool. The, uh, a lot of white on white, black on black. Uh, I don't think they have red pants, but the red, the red's kind of cool. Um, it'll grow on you. It, it will. For the people who don't like it now, it'll grow on you. And then now the Colts have joined the uniform party, as I called it, where uh, their new uniforms, their new jerseys, will honor... Not only the state of Indiana, but their heritage and history as well. There's some Baltimore Colt designs on the new Indianapolis Colt things there. And, you know, it's it's something fun. You, you change it up every so often, not only just to sell new merch, but you, you give a fresh look, kind of like a fresh coat of paint in your in your dining room there. It gives it a, a different look, kind of re-energizes things, gets people back excited again. And, uh, you know, these Colts ones don't look bad either. So, who else could join the party? I don't know who else is, is going to come up with New Jersey's at this particular point. 
But the three that have come out, I I very much think Tampa is the better of the two. And then just personal preference, whether you like Atlanta or Indianapolis, better on this one. But I, I applaud them for changing things up a little bit and using the old school designs to influence the new school look. I, I very much in, enjoy that. Um, God, let's get some of this down stuff. Uh, Tavares Jackson, who was 36, former, I believe, Seahawks, Vikings, played with somebody else. I can't remember. But uh, former NFL quarterback, he was, I think, East Tennessee quarterback coach. Uh, he unfortunately passed away in a car crash uh, just the other day. He was 36. That um, is a, a humbling thought anytime somebody is around my age. Uh, I'm also 36. But uh, I know car crash, it could be anybody. But, yeah, it just it makes you put a little more into perspective and uh, make sure if you are uh, quarantined at home or you are available to uh, spend time with loved ones nowadays that you're doing that, you know, that you're definitely doing that. And uh, never take things for granted, but uh, he was 36. Uh, While he wasn't the most accomplished quarterback, uh, everybody always spoke highly. Pete Carroll really liked Tavares. And, uh, you know, World loses another uh, good human. Um, Yeah, I'm going to get into this one for one, so I I don't. So I don't um, accidentally forget it. Or uh, or try to gloss over it because I don't want to do that, and uh, it hits a little a little closer to home on this one as well because uh, I'm a big Yankees fan. Been a Yankees fan since I was a little kid. Um, for people who don't know, I was a Braves fan early on in life. Dale Murphy is still one of my favorite players of all time. Um, the day that the Braves traded him to Philadelphia. I cheer for the Braves when they're not facing either my Mets or my Yankees. The Mets I chose on my own. The Yankees I picked up from my mom because she was a big-time Mickey Mantle fan. Uh, she's a Braves fan, but uh, she, she got me into the Yankees. And uh, found out earlier today, one of the controlling owners and one of Steinbrenner's sons, Hank Steinbrenner, he was the older of the two. There are two sisters as well. They all have controlling stakes, but uh, Hank Steinbrenner passed away. Uh, he was 63, and to get the actual way they everybody is phrasing this, um, he passed away in his home in Clearwater due to a long-standing health issue. Don't ask, I don't know, but um, Hank very much wanted to take over the role that his dad had left vacant when he passed back in, I believe, 2010. Their mother passed in 2018. Um, Hank was was a a strong-willed person. He did a lot of really good things. He oversaw a lot of the day-to-day activities that involved the Yankees and the organization. Um, uh, His younger brother, Hal, I believe it's 11 years younger, was sometimes more of the face, according to some people. But uh, Hank was the outspoken one. 
he he was a lot like his dad George in that uh, if he felt it needed to be said, he was going to be the one that said it. And like I said, being a being a longtime Yankees fan, a uh, great deal of respect for the Steinbrenner family, especially George, but uh, but but Hank and Hal, and um, I'm blanking on the two sisters' names. They are. Let's see, they are, they start with a J, this is bugging me, um, let's see, um, it's great radio, I know, but, uh, it's bugging me. There we go. Uh, of course, there was Hank. There was Hal. Uh, you had, uh, and the two sisters were Jessica and Jennifer. I had to look those up. Jessica and Jennifer. And, um, you know, whether you like the Yankees, whether you're a Red Sox fan, uh, I think you, you put all that aside when when uh, somebody like this passed away. When anybody passed away, you should. But when this, you know, news of this hit, I know the Red Sox released a statement where, I mean, they had the utmost respect, even though they were bitter rivals, you know. But uh, this guy was was not just one of the leaders of the Yankee front office and everything like that. This guy was a, a, a brother, a son, a dad. You know that that's what we should remember as uh, we live in these crazy times where um, whether it's the, the virus going around, whether it's other things, um, any loss is a big loss to the world. And uh, just keep the Steinbrenner and Yankee fan fandom, uh, Yankee organization rather, as well, in in your thoughts and prayers. And uh, Hank's definitely going to be missed. Um, like I said, just he, he did so much that a lot of people didn't know about behind the scenes, besides being the outspoken um, leader of the Steinbrenner uh, group there. But uh, like I said, Hank Steinbrenner passed away early. Th- I believe it was early this morning in Clearwater at his home. Um, he was 63. Uh, what else can we get into? I want to change it over real quick to let's talk about Kyle Larson. Let's do that. Kyle Larson was on his Twitch account. Twitch is kind of set up, or at least what they use Twitch for mostly, is for people to watch you play video games and things like that. Um, uh, this was an unofficial NASCAR, an unsanctioned event. Uh, he was just, I guess, racing on there, and he let a racial slur slip. Yeah, uh, Kyle Larson really has stepped in it now. Because initially he was uh, suspended indefinitely, I believe, by NASCAR. Uh, then a lot of his sponsors, including Chevy and some others, started to pull away. And then Chip Ganassi Racing, who he races for, said, he's done here. So Kyle Larson, former NASCAR racer, um, is uh, gonna gonna have to do some some backpedaling and some damage control quickly to potentially save his career. The more important thing, the thing I bring up, and I don't want to make assumptions about him. Here's what I gather from this: if you say something in an unofficial manner like that, then it seems like it might be a part 
of your everyday vernacular if it came out so naturally. I don't think he thinks these things. I don't think he believes these things. I, I just think it was a slip of the tongue. But I don't have a slip of the tongue where I say racial slurs um, on the regular, even around my, my good friends, even around family or anything. No, there's no, there's not even a joking that way. And um, he, he's definitely, it's it could cost him his entire career. Um, I know I make fun of Carl Larson for being short and stuff like that, but in this one, it, it actually has nothing to do with it. Um, I wish him the best as far as trying to save his career. But at the same time, he's going to have to get out in front of this and uh, really do some super damage control. Because, um, like I said, uh, Chip Ganassi just let him go, which means NASCAR will probably not be far behind if, they haven't already made a statement or if they just say, well, if he's not backed by one of the teams then he's, you know, he's just a freelance racer anyway. But yeah, his, his slip of the tongue is, is going to cost him uh, millions of dollars, possibly a future in racing. Um, he's going to have to, like I said, he's going to have to get out in front of this. He's going to have to uh, not only apologize, which I'm sure he's already done, but then he's going to have to figure out where he goes from here. And I'm not sure where he's going to go from here. There's not a lot of places he could go. But, uh, you know, it just goes to show you that you definitely need to always keep your head on a swivel, always uh, be in control of things like that. And I know it's hard, especially being a celebrity, that everybody's always watching or videoing you. No, this was straight up on his own account. But uh, once again, wish you the best. Wish he wouldn't have said it. Uh, now he's he's going to have to pay for his mistake. And uh, like I said, that could be it for Kyle Larson, but we, we will just have to see. Uh, let's keep it on the, uh, the down. And the XFL has declared bankruptcy. You know, they had pretty much suspended operations and let go of a lot of uh, mo- most of the personnel of a lot of places. Um, they have officially filed for bankruptcy. They have no current plan to play next season. That does not mean they're done. Everybody keeps writing them off as they're done. This is a way for them to take care of the debt they have because they're basically, you know, we're paying for utilities and and, uh, head coaches and such that weren't being used. So this is a way for them to clear the debt to take care of the things they do need to take care of. I believe they were paying the salaries of the players uh, up until the end of the year, which would have been right around now anyway, I believe. That's the last I heard. And this is a way for them, for for Vince McMahon, and if, if any part of the WWE or anything involved with this, this is a way for Vince to kind of put this on the back burner, leave it, leave it kind of cooking, a little bit over there. He can always bring it back later. He, he knows he's got the things in place. There are other cities who uh, want to potentially add teams and, and things like that. But uh, for now, this doesn't need to be his focus. So he moves on from it for now. Uh, and with it being in bankruptcy, yes, it could be bought out if you uh, take care of the outstanding debts and such like that. So somebody else could take it over or it could be sold to private entities that could have each franchise, like people buying the franchise out because the way the XFL was set up is the XFL owned all the teams. So 
yeah, it could continue. But for now, this is the XFL saying uh, there are bigger fish to fry, so to say. And uh, they, they wanted to get this one kind of off to the side where they didn't have to worry about it so much. Um, God, we're motoring right through this stuff. You got the MLS are looking for new ways to finish the season. You know, I talked about them playing in, in uh, or I talked, uh, they're one of the few who haven't come up with a uh, bubble city plan, so to say, as the NBA and MLB and others have come up with. Uh, they know that they have missed, I think, a month and a half, almost two months. But they had played a month. They've been off for about a month or so now. Um, they're looking at playing as many games as possible. I think they'll very much be able to maybe in a month. That's just my guess. I know a lot of people don't put, like putting dates on it. I'm just This is just a random guess that maybe they can get back. It may be a no-fan type deal for a little while or limited fans there for a little while. Um, but the MLS is, is just like the rest of them. They are trying to. I very much think that when these guys sit around, they're going to come up with a good plan. I look forward to seeing what the plan is, um, you know, and we'll go from there. Speaking of soccer or football, the English leagues, including the English Premier League, but the English league, they are targeting June 6th as a potential restart update to try to finish the uh, the last part of their season going forward and get into the playoffs. So they can finish that so that they can start back in the fall with the regular season. This would be a no fan, at least initially, uh, type format. They're going to have a discussion on Friday between all the uh, the league leaders and um, presidents and, and people who run these organizations and teams to try to see what the, uh, the ultimate ideas and plans could be. The English leagues, they're saying June 6th is a day they are penciling in. They're going to give it a shot. So we will see from there. Um, I got two kind of topics we'll delve into, but let's get this last one out of the way first. That is the Carolina Panthers have extended Christian McCaffrey four years, $64 million. That is $16 million per year. Uh, he is the highest paid running back ever. And four people freak out. And they He still has two years left on this deal. He has this year. Next year would be his fifth-year option because he was drafted just a handful of years ago. Um, let's, let's not totally freak out. They still have two years left on this rookie deal. And then it would become $16 million per year. It is definitely top of the market, but you would have to argue he's got to be in the top three. His receiving ability alone, he had a thousand yards rushing and receiving this year. Um, a lot of high carries, but they are hoping that a rebuilding team, because they have practically moved on or uh, lost most of the main stars there, they are currently in a, a total overhaul. But you got to have somebody for the fans to show up to. This is like paying Kobe Bryant all that money at the end of his career over in LA. The Lakers knew that the only way people were going to show up is if Kobe or somebody else was still there and you you don't want Kobe in any other colors other than the purple and gold. So in the same thing here, uh, at least for the next six years now, or at least the next three or four, I would imagine, 
you know, they could move on from him. Depends on how the rebuild's going. But he's an exciting player. He has done a lot to earn it up to this point. I mean, it's not like he hasn't deserved it. It's not a next guy up thing. No, you got to pay somebody on that team. You might as well pay your top player. And it's not close as far as that. Um, what else could Carolina do? At this point, you got a, a owner going into his second year. You have a brand-new coach in Matt Rule, brand-new staff. Uh, moved on from Cam Newton. Luke Keekley retired. Who am I missing? Greg Olson is now in Seattle. And, uh, they, you know, they're looking for pieces. Could they still compete? Sure. Sure. Uh, but they're in a tough division. Uh, Tom Brady just joined the division for a rival. He's down in Tampa. Uh, we all know what the Falcons are capable of. Uh, so they're still going to be tough. You look into the Saints, who are still arguably division leader at this point. Not even arguably. I think they're the division leader. So they're in a rough division. It may be time to kind of batten down the hatches, prepare for the storm. How many more years does Brady have? How many more years does Drew have? How many more years does Matt Ryan have? You just kind of you try to let those waves pass, and you create your own wave at the end so that when all of those teams start to kind of rebuild and start over on some different things or reload, however they want to rephrase it, that's the time you want everything to start to click. Uh, McCaffrey is a good thing to build around. Uh, their line's pretty pretty decent. Their offensive line, they got some pieces on defense. There, there's some okay people here or there, but name a receiver in Carolina. I can't think of one at the moment. Not saying they're they're a bunch of nobodies. They're just I don't know their names. They're still capable. Professional player is a professional player. But congratulations, to McCaffrey, on the four-year, sixty-four million extension. It is definitely on the up and up. Uh, good for him. As long as he can stay healthy, he will absolutely earn every bit of that. Now, based off a rumor that I heard from Dan Patrick on his show, from a credible source. By the credible source, this is a scout in the league that remains anonymous, but is friends with him. Um, the Patriots. The Patriots are looking at the current QB situation like this. They have Jared Stidham. You could say, okay, Jared Stidham, uh, he was okay at Auburn. Well, he was okay at Auburn because he was initially at Baylor when all of the sex scandal stuff started, sexual abuse or whatever, all the crazy scandals that went on at Baylor under Art Bryles. Well, Jared Stidham was the quarterback over there. And while he had no parts of those things – I guess it was proven that way. I never heard his name come up. Um, he had to get out of Dodge and get out of Dodge quickly. So he ended up at Auburn where he was not a good fit for what they were doing. He did the best he could. Um, the Patriots realized all this. The Patriots saw him work out and said, hey, he's got a lot of these skills. So they drafted him. He spent a year under Brady. That's the Jared Stidham story up to this point. It looks like at the moment he is QB1. They may bring back Brian Hoyer who was previously with the Colts. Before that, he was with the Patriots. Um, he knows this system. He has been in this system before. Uh, he's a little familiar with things. He's good at being a, a starter or a backup. He's a spot starter, but maybe he can help Stidham get more affiliated, more accustomed with it. Maybe that's what he's looking for. That's what it seems like to me. Um, that's why you bring back a Brian Oyer. That's And also, 
there's a chance maybe you start Hoyer. Maybe he's QB1. You let Stidham kind of wait a little bit, get his feet a little more accustomed and wet, ready to go. And then you can turn it over to him later in the season or next year. You know, give Josh McDaniels a little bit of time to work with the kid. There's also some some uh, rumors out there that um, I don't know the guy's name, but the quarterback from Iowa, that uh, they, they have a little bit of interest in him. And also that they like homegrown talent from, you know, right here at UGA, Jacob Eason. Now, that'll get Georgia fans a little excited. Patriots do tend to draft Bulldogs. They uh, they seem to be, a t- you know, one of the ones they really look at. Um, at this point, what could they do? I don't know. They would have to really be sold on either the Iowa kid or, uh, or, or Jake Eason there in order to make that move. But he, you know, he could be sitting there top of the second middle of the second, early third. He, he, I, I would say he's probably around there. Um, and yes, I realize that he is not the UGA quarterback of this year, that he did go, what was it, Eastern Washington or whatever. But um, they very much like the mechanics of, of those two guys. So we'll see what the Patriots decide to do. At this particular juncture, who knows? It's Bill Belichick. But his system's worked for the last 20, 20 to 22 years. Uh, they, they for, And for people that are saying, well, there's two random names, uh, those two quarterbacks, especially uh, uh, Jacob Eason, is being compared to stylistically kind of like Drew Bledsoe. And that's, that's, you know, the types of skills and the way they – see the field, the way they present themselves on field and off field are, are reminding him of Drew Bledsoe, which was Bill's quarterback when he uh, when he was, you know, before Tom. So, you know, there's not just two shots in the dark like that. That's that's where that comparison is coming along, and that's why uh, we're here in the room of the way we are. Now, the last thing I want to get into is going to kind of be a little bit on the quick side, but just want to hit it up because... Next, it is next Friday is going to be the NFL draft, I believe. Pretty sure it's 24th, 25th, 26th, or next next Thursday, either way. So let's talk a little draft, right? Let's talk a little draft. And I'm going to really talk about the NFC South a little bit, mainly just first-round focus. We can get more into the other part next week, but for now, just want to kind of Here's the questions I came up with. One kind of decent question, decent to big question for each of the three. Falcons fans, there is a rumor that there are three teams, including the Atlanta Falcons, that are in the teens currently that have expressed interest in maybe moving up out of the teens. I'm not sure who they could be focusing on at the moment. Maybe they like, uh, what's his name, Jeff Akuda, the corner. They could definitely use a corner. Um, I don't think they would move up this high for a quarterback because that would mean you're replacing Matt. I don't see that happening initially. If you were getting a guy for down the road, I think you would hit second, third, fourth round for for a, maybe the guy you transition to later. Um, maybe they're moving up for an offensive lineman. That would be a good idea. Uh, defensive pass rusher. 
that would be a good idea. Uh, it's not for a wide receiver. I don't think you're going to go get C.D. Lamb. I don't think you're going to get uh, Rugs or any of that or Jerry Judy. I don't. You you already have enough Alabama court, uh, Alabama wideouts. I don't think you're trying to collect them all. It's not Pokemon. But could the Falcons move up? Yeah. Will they? Usually pretty hesitant about doing it. But with Dan Quinn's uh, job on the line, I believe this year, and also Thomas Dimitrov's, they if they got to be splashy, probably not Julio like, but deal. But if they need to be splashy and they need to go get the player they need, yeah, this would be the time to do it. In New Orleans. Do you go defense? Do you help that defense, which is pretty solid, pretty good? Or do you get more weapons for Drew? Or, I'll add a third option. Do you solidify the, the line that protects Drew? I think that wouldn't be a bad idea. Maybe they go after a running back. I, uh, they got Kamara, and you can you can dispel him with a lot of people that, as uh, the, the second option there. So, um. If this is Drew's last year, which I think it could be, if this is Drew Brees' last year, with them being lower in the first, if there is a quarterback they like sitting there, or they could move back into the second and still grab him, I could see that there. But they, they think Taysom Hill is, is – they keep saying he's the heir apparent. So if he's the heir apparent, then we're definitely not going to see them get a quarterback there. I don't think Drew needs – uh, I mean, they, they got Emmanuel Sanders, so as far as another weapon on the outside or, or a tight end, I don't, I don't see any reason to do that. So I'm going to say either offensive line or uh, maybe a corner or something to, to shore up the back end of their defense. Tampa Bay, there's a glaring need. And I like the ones they have, but, but there's a glaring need that they can 100% address. And that is running back. Tom's got the receivers. Tom's got the, the, the – you could get a lineman. But with Tampa being as high up as they are, I very much could see them take Swift out of Georgia. They could take a couple of the other high guys there. I would take Swift, honestly. That's who I would get. Once again, I didn't follow Georgia enough, but I've talked to enough UGA guys um, that that are, are real about it. They won't just say he's the best ever because he's a bulldog. No, they said no. If you look at – Here's what he does, and here's what he does, and here's what he does. If Tampa Bay were smart, I would grab a running back in the first round and let, for one, you get that extra year. Because we all know you you, you get those running backs, and when their first contract runs out, you try not to pay them what you did Christian McCaffrey. Uh, as much as I hate it for the guys, what you do is uh, you get them on that rookie deal when it runs out. Uh, you try to keep them around. If you can't, you let them go. And just move on and get another one. Just keep, you know, certain people have said, hey, we're just going to draft one every four or five years. Well, that's uh, another way to do it. But if I'm Tampa Bay, I'm grabbing a running back. I'm grabbing, like I said, Swift. Um, God, I can't remember the other kit. Either of those. I, I would take one of the top running backs if he is sitting there at my draft spot. And, uh, Pretty much all but telling the rest of, pretty much, you know, at that point you're telling New Orleans, you want to go score for score, let's do it. Because their defense in Tampa is, is going to be good. Uh, you're telling the Falcons, 
You want to keep up with us? You're going to have to outscore us. That could give Atlanta some issues. It may not. What are you telling Carolina? Batting down the hatches. There's a storm coming. But that's just kind of early first thoughts on the first round. Like I said, I'll talk a little more draft next week because it'll be coming up at that point. But that's going to do it for us. Another great edition of Sports Club. Appreciate you guys uh, tuning in, checking out all the things I have to say, all the stories that are going on. This has been Sports Club Up and Down. I'm Jeremy the Impact York for everybody here at Impact Media and all across the home studio. Stay safe. Stay in when you can. We'll see you guys on the other end of this. See you next week. Stay safe. Yeah.